The title of my message today is Death is Defeated. But before I get into my message, before I want to get before I get into my message, I just want us to watch this video. Hi, my name is Fabian Martin. On June 29th, 2021, I was driving down to Spinney's to get some food for dinner. I had a lot of things happening in my head. You know, I was uh, really concerned about many things. Uh, my business, I had, we had not had business in about four months. You know, my wife was let go about a year ago. We had a lot of bills that were due, that were overdue, I'll say. So I started crying out to God. Uh, I started begging him, I started pleading with him. I actually said, please, I beg you, come to my rescue. Please, please, can you help me, please? And before I could finish, I heard this still small voice that I will never forget. He said, speak to me as a son and I will speak to you as a father. And this whole revelation just dawned on me. Here am I, a child of God, begging him for help. For Jesus said, who of you, if your son asks you for bread, will he give you a stone? And I realized, no, I'm a child of God. I don't need to beg him anymore. So when I went back to my prayer time, I started to think, how, how did Jesus pray? Jesus just spoke the word of God. So I started to recollect every blessing, every promise that is in the word of God. And I started to speak it over my life. I started to speak over my business and say, the Lord has blessed the works of my hands. My leaf will not wither, and whatever I do, I will prosper. I started to declare that I am the head and not the tail. I am always on top and ever at the bottom. And it seemed like nothing happened in the physical, but I knew something happened in the heavenly realm. A few months went by, and my inbox that was only receiving payment reminders and bills, slowly business started to trickle in. And my wife, who had not been employed for more than a year, she suddenly gets a call out of nowhere. And in two days' time, I'm actually dropping her to office. And for me, a week later, I get this email in, which is uh, an inquiry, which turned out to be the biggest contract that we've received from the time we actually started that company. And as I look back now, I see how, instead of begging, once I realized that I was a child of God, all I had to do was take his word and speak it. For when we speak the word of God, the situation changes. The word of God doesn't change. Jesus came to show us the Father. If you believe in Jesus, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. And that revelation has become so real to me now. So when I wake up every morning, I declare, not with my head, but from my heart, I declare that I am Fabian Jude Martin, and I am a child of God. I am loved, I am blessed, I am favored. And sometimes I even say, I am God's favorite child. What a declaration, right? What a declaration. I'm loved, I'm blessed, and I'm favored. That's the identity of a son and a daughter who belongs to God.
You know, last week I said, when God created Adam and Eve, he created everything for them. But they sinned and they walked out of that blessing. They were created as a son and daughter. And they walked out of that identity into slavery. Which is why God had to send his son. Which is why God had to send his son to, to restore our identities as sons and daughters back. Which is why God had to give his son so that we, just as Fabian mentioned in his video, so that we can say every day, I am blessed, I am favored, and I am loved. That is the identity of a son and a daughter. It's true that God didn't just leave Adam and Eve that way. We saw what God did for them and through them. But it's very important to understand that we're not called to live a life as slaves. We're called to come under, we're called to come under the covering of God into sonship. You know, we all desire to have a great relationship with our parents. And at times, because they're human, they will let us down. But God will never let you down. You know, I mentioned at the very beginning, the, the name of my sermon today is Death is Defeated. And death is not just defeated in, 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 in the literal form. Death is defeated in each and every aspect of life. You may feel like today you are sitting over here. What is death to my life? I'm a failure. I'm broken. I'm useless. That is a form of death. But God is more than able to bring life back into that situation. You know, I'm not preaching a sermon that is, that, is, that is new, that is different. It's something that I probably preached last, last year. Because the more you repeat it, the more it becomes stronger. Jesus Christ came to the earth. He lived, he died, and he rose again. Just because he loves you and me so much. That's the message. That's the message. He came to fulfill the prophecy. He came to fulfill promises that were told in the past. That a second Adam was going to come to redeem mankind and to restore the identity of sons and daughters. The message is really simple. Whatever Jesus did on that cross was for you. But as you can see, thank God, this cross is empty as well. He's not on the cross. He's alive forevermore. You know, when I was in Bible college, in my Greek class, I'm not trying to brag, if you have to ask me, there are very few words that I remember from what I learned in my Greek class. But there was one word that I learned 
that has stayed with me throughout. And that word is tetelestai. Tetelestai. Tetelestai is what Jesus said on the cross. It was the last word he used on the cross. And then he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. The word tetelestai means it is finished. It is finished. It literally means that I was successful in everything I came to do. It is finished. You know, and when the disciple, when, 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 when Jesus died on that cross, just as Pearl was mentioning, there was the earthquake, the whale in the temple, the, the, the whale toe in the center. The whale toe in the temple. What does it signify? That we don't have to go through anyone. We have direct access to Jesus. He, wants to he doesn't want to have a relationship with you through someone else. He wants to have a relationship with you. He doesn't want to love you through someone else. He wants to love you. He doesn't want to bring about breakthrough through someone else, which obviously he can, but more than anything else, he wants to do it for you. You know, and looking at this, at this message, I want, I want to turn our attention to Luke 24. Now, this is where Jesus is already dead. He's removed from the cross. He's put in the tomb. And over here it says, in their, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. These women came to the tomb. They brought spices along with them because it was custom to cover the body and to put spices over the body after a person died. And so these women came to the tomb and now in their fright, they bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? What a powerful, what a powerful scripture. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. Imagine how the disciples might have felt when Jesus was taken in, when he was given in, when Judas turned his back on him and Jesus was arrested. They were in shock. The disciples were in shock from all the events that had happened. The disciples themselves were hiding for fear of their own lives. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus had warned them that the road to Jerusalem was the road to suffering and the cross. But somehow they did not understand. 
and now it was Sunday. The disciples were afraid. They were like, what's going to happen now? Jesus is no more. He's no more with us. He's gone. People know that we were walking with Jesus. People have seen us. Some of, our fa- some of them even saw our faces. What are we going to do? All that we can do is hide. Hide. But now it's Sunday. You know, there's this man called Frank Morrison, a very well-known, a very well-known British journalist, a man who went looking for Jesus among the dead. Not literally, but he was trying to, you know, trying to do his own kind of research. Very famous British journalist. You know, he lived, some, he lived somewhere in, in, in the early 20th century. Although he admired the person of Jesus, he was a skeptic who felt that these stories about Jesus were nothing more than a myth or a legend, especially the story of the resurrection. So he had a brilliant idea. Why not prove that the resurrection never happened? Why not use his own research skills as a journalist to dig into history and prove that Jesus never rose from the dead. So he would do his research and then he would write a book presenting the historical facts about Christ and the events surrounding his death. And so Frank Morrison went looking for Jesus among the dead. And you know what? He never found him. He never found him. What he did find is exactly what Luke says in the passage that I just read. He found the stone stone rolled away, but he did not find the body of Jesus. Instead, he found the risen Christ and he put his faith in him as Lord and Savior. That's what Frank Morrison did. He wrote up his research in a book, a famous book called Who moved the stone? Who moved the stone? And the first chapter, I really like the title of the first chapter. It is the book that refused to be written. The book that refused to be written. Frank Morrison set out to write a book disproving the resurrection of Christ. Instead, he ended up writing what has become a Christian classic, presenting the evidence for the resurrection of Christ. Morrison went looking for Jesus among the dead, but like I said, he did not find him there, and you will not either, because he's not there. He is alive. You can't go looking for him among the dead. You must go looking among the living. That's the good news of Easter. What do I mean? Go and look for him among the living. We all were once dead, but now we are alive. We are not alive because of our own good deeds. We are not alive because of what we have done. We are alive because of Jesus. And if you want to find Jesus this morning, be rest assured that you can find him over here, among the living. That's the good news of Easter. That's, that's the good news of Resurrection Sunday. That is the good news of Easter. Jesus conquered sin and death and the grave. 
and he rose from the dead. But the question, my question to you very quickly is, how will you respond? How will you respond? These women went with these spices to the tomb. They were looking, they were looking uh, forward to giving, they were looking forward to, to giving Jesus a good burial. They prepared, they prepared the spices all night so that they could go and give him a decent burial. And when they reached over there, the angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. Now, it wasn't a surprise to them because Jesus said, this is what was going to happen. And when they heard, they were scared. They were confused. They were surprised. And what was their response? What was their response? The women's response was to believe and share. The women's response was to believe and share. In Romans 10, 10, it says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Luke 24, verses 9 to 10 says, When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the leaven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. This was their response. They saw what they saw, they believed, and they went and they shared it. Jesus is not there. The tomb is empty. There were these men who were like angels. They were angels. They were messengers. We don't know. But they said he is not there. Even though they were frightened, they were surprised, they were, they were, they were confused, they still went to give the message. They still went to give the message. The second response is the apostles' response. Don't believe and do nothing. Don't believe and do nothing. The Bible says in verse 11, they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Of all the people who you would have thought wouldn't believe, it definitely shouldn't have been the, it definitely shouldn't have been the disciples. It definitely shouldn't have been the apostles. These were the people who were with Jesus for over three years, walked with him, sat with him, ate with him, learned under him, performed miracles with him, saw him do miracles, saw, the, saw, saw Jesus raise the dead to life, cause the lame to walk, gave sight to the blind, saw all of these things, and when the women brought this message to Jesus, they didn't believe. They didn't believe. Now, I'm really happy to report that the apostles later changed their mind about this. Okay? I'm really happy to report that, that this is not how it ended. They changed their mind about this. But their initial response mirrors the response of so many of us today. You know, many a times, I mean, in our walk with God, we've walked with Him. 
We've tasted, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We've tasted that. We've tasted the goodness of God. We've seen the goodness of God. We've seen the provision. We've seen the healing. We've seen the breakthrough. We've seen the victory. And we're walking and walking and walking and walking and everything's going well. And then suddenly something happens and we don't believe. Something happens and we don't believe. Jesus told them that I am coming back. Do not be afraid. Do not worry. Do not fear. I am coming back. And many a times our response is like the apostles. Didn't believe. Don't believe. And do nothing. Don't believe. And do nothing. We try to figure out. Today we might be in a place. We're trying to figure out. God, you are alive. But I can't see you. I can't feel you. And you constantly allow that, that light to set in. That you are not here. You are not here. When he's actually right there next to you. Because he is alive. Because he is alive. I'm glad that, the, I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that the, the apostles saw Jesus and they believed, you know, and like I said, uh, their response changed. But many a times, many a times, we give in to fear, we give in to doubt, we give in to disappointment, not realizing that if God, we've seen him alive in every situation in the past, we know what he's capable of doing. We know that. But very often we give in to all of these things, forgetting that if God did it before, he's more than able to do it again. If God is the God who did it before, and if you've, you've testified that he's been alive in your situation, how can he not do it again? How can he not do it again? He'll do it again and again and again and again and again. And you may think, are these the only two options? Are these the only two options? Believe and share or don't do? Don't believe and don't do anything about it. Either believe that Jesus rose from the dead or don't believe. At first it would seem so, but you know what? There's one, there's, there's one more option. There is another option, and we find this third option illustrated for us by Peter's response. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself, what had happened? What had happened? Peter's response was, check it for yourself. Check it for yourself. You know, when I gave my life to God, prior to giving my life to God, there were a number of people who came around and told me about Jesus, told me about what God can do, told me about a whole bunch of things that if you give your life to God, it will never be the same. And I had a number of people come and tell me, and I'm thankful to God for that. But I didn't take that advice. It's different when 
people tell you something and you check it out for yourself. And I remember it was May 21st, 2001. My, my life was a mess. I was doing things I shouldn't be doing. I sat in that balcony. I sat out in that balcony. May 21st, 2001. It was 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m. And I looked up in the sky. I was disappointed. I was a failure. A whole bunch of things. And I looked up in the sky and I said, God, if you're real, I'm willing to give you my life. If you are real, just as the people around me say that you are real, I'm willing to give you my life. And from that day, my life has never been the same. At that very moment, I felt a presence around me. I felt someone hug me and love me like I've never been loved or hugged before. I felt the love of God so much, it made up for the lost time. It made up for all the times when I didn't receive it. And from that day to today, my life has never been the same. It's not been a walk in the park. It's not been a bed of roses. There have been highs and there have been lows. But if there's one thing I know and one thing I know for sure is that even in the highs and the lows, God has been ever so alive and so close to me than I've ever felt before. That is the power of the resurrected King. So much to say that I can walk through life today and know that, know that something hard is coming. Know that there's something difficult in the way. But also know with complete confidence that because my God is alive, I'm going to get through this. Because God did it for me in the past, He's going to do it again. Because the tomb is empty and the grave is empty and Jesus said He was going to do what He did, I put faith my faith in knowing that because of that, Jesus is alive today and forevermore. You know, I'm closing in a few minutes. Peter ran to the tomb. He examined the evidence. He saw and he believed what the women were saying. The apostles initially did not believe, but Peter said, I want to check this out for myself. He went looking for Jesus, and you know what? He did not find him. He did not find him there. However, he, however, he did find him, not lying dead in a tomb, but resurrected and alive. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to Peter first before he appeared to the twelve. In 1 Corinthians 15, 5, it says, he was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. Peter was not ready to believe that Jesus was alive, but he did not dismiss it as nonsense. He checked it out for himself, and he encountered the living Christ. You know, today you may be in a place where you, you, people have told you about God. People have probably invited, someone might, might have invited you out over here, which is great. But you're searching, you're seeking you're trying to figure out, God, are you there? Like, like, like how I felt so many years ago. Are you really there? Do you really care? 
Let me say this. My life and the lives of the people in this place would not be what it is right now. Not to say that we are in the, be not to say that we are in the best place possible walking on clouds. But we are in the best place because God is with us. And you may, you may be, you may be asking yourself that question. You may be asking that question, you know. And like I said, we're not, we're not, we're, we're all work in progress. We're all work in progress. But our lives wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for Jesus. And if you are asking that question today, if you are saying, can I even reach out to God? Can I even talk to you? How do I address you? This is what the Bible says. Call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. You know, just as I made that commitment many years ago, I want to extend that invitation to you today. Life is not easy. It's never easy. There are ups and downs, good times and bad times, disaster strikes when we don't really expect it, when we don't really want it. But what's been the anchor for me and for most people in this congregation is knowing that through all of that, through the dirt, the worst that life has to offer, Jesus is always there by our side and He makes it beautiful. He makes it beautiful. He turns our mourning into dancing. He turns our mourning into dancing. The Bible says, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I can tell you the truth, that He wants you to experience joy like you've never experienced before. And I want to extend an invitation to you today. Like I said, the third point, check it out for yourself. But if you are saying, God, like I did, I want to give you a chance. If you are real, I want to give my life to you. If that's you today, and you really want to experience God in your life, you want to give your life to God, you're tired of running your life the way it has been running for so long. You're tired of going through this life doing things on your own. You want help. There's a supernatural source who's more than able to lead you and guide you every step of the way. And if you are saying today, I want to invite Jesus into my heart. I want to invite Jesus into my life. All eyes closed. All eyes closed. All eyes closed. You know, this is, this is a call. This is, I really believe that God wants to speak to you right now. If you are saying, I want to invite you into my life, just raise your hand wherever you are. All eyes closed. If you are saying, God, I want to give you my life. I, I want to experience you. I want to experience a touch from you. I want to experience your love. Once more, just, just, just lift up your hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. 
Even if you were saying, you can put your hands down. Even if you were saying, God, I've walked away. It's been far too long. I've experienced your love and I've lost out on it, but I want it back. I come back home today. I want to come back to you. I want to rededicate my life. Just lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. Awesome. Put your hands down. And just repeat the simple prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life today. With just all that I've heard, I want to check it out for myself. I know what you did on that cross. I know you died on that cross for me. That even if I was the only person on this earth, you would still come down and do it for me. I thank you, Lord, for what you did for me on that cross. But today I thank you more because you conquered death and you are alive forevermore. And today, Father, I give my life to you. I ask you to lead me and guide me every step of the way according to your word. I ask you to be in every decision of my life. I ask you to hold my hand along this journey. And I ask, Lord, that you would lead me and guide me in everything I do. I surrender all I am to you. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen, amen. Just give God a hand for, for all those hands that went up. Well, if you, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed that prayer, if you lifted up your hand and you prayed that prayer with me, uh, I've got a special gift that I'd like to give you. I'll be out over here in the front. I've got a special gift that I want to give you that will help you along your journey with God. But heaven celebrates you. We celebrate you. And we're so thankful for what God is doing and he's about to do. Can we all stand? Just put out your hands. Just put out your hands. And Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for such, such an amazing... We, we just thank you, Father God, for such an amazing sense of your presence. We just thank you, Father God, for what you've done. We thank you, Lord, that you are alive. And I pray, Father God, right now for every family represented over here that, Father, because you are alive, you are going to be alive. They're going to see your resurrection power in every situation that they may be going through. Wherever they need you the most this day, Father, I pray that your resurrection power will be at work. Whether it's healing, whether it's brokenness, whether it's restoration, whether it's reconciliation, whether it's provision, whether it's a break, some kind of a breakthrough of a promotion or a job, I pray, Lord, that every person will experience your resurrection power. And we just pray, Father God, we just pray and we ask, Lord, that just as we've experienced your touch, your power, and your work in our lives, we too will take it out and share it with others and give other people a chance to experience, an opportunity to experience the resurrection power of God. I pray, Lord, that every person would have a phenomenal week, be with each and every family. We pray, Father God, for signs and wonders, for miracles to break out. And Lord, we just pray, Father God, all in all, 
that we will fall in love with you more and more each and every day. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Please give God a hand. Yes.